The U.S. economy and the global economy are now growing again. Businesses are just starting to invest again. Consumers are now spending. Business and consumer confidence has improved. Global trade is now expanding at an encouraging pace. Welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Today is Monday, November 9th, and that was Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner. You just heard at the top of the podcast. He was speaking at the G20 Economic Summit in Scotland that happened over the weekend. And on the podcast today, eight centuries of financial folly. But first, Alex, our Planet Money indicator. The indicator today is 21. 21, as in 21 percent the percentage of mortgage owners who were underwater on their homes this past fiscal quarter. That is, they owed more on their mortgages than their homes were actually worth. This according to Zillow.com, a Seattle-based real estate data company. Now, this is a very, very high number. Ideally, no one is ever underwater, but this number, 21%, is actually good news because it's down from the previous number. It used to be 23%. Of course, one reason fewer people are underwater, more people are losing their homes to foreclosure. Almost a million people filed for foreclosure last quarter, nearly a 25% increase in foreclosure filings from the year earlier. Wow. So one way to stop being underwater on your home is to lose your home completely. Which brings us, Hannah, to today's podcast, which is a look at financial calamities, eight centuries, basically, of financial disaster. Um, Something we've heard from economists for the last year or two years is that we don't have enough economic data, especially when it comes to figuring out what to do in a severe downturn like the one we're in. We have the Great Depression, Japan's lost decade, and that's about it. It's hard to prevent another crisis or fix the existing one when you just don't have enough information about what's going on. But now we've got a whole new data set thanks to a new book from Carmen Reinhart and Ken Rogoff, which looks at financial crises going back as far as eight centuries. Yeah, the book is called This Time is Different, Eight Centuries of Financial Folly. And the book actually took quite a bit of detective work on the part of the authors because banking crises in the 1800s and earlier, they weren't exactly well-documented. So this book is written by Ken Rogoff, a professor of economics at Harvard, and Carmen Reinhart. She's a professor of economics at the University of Maryland, and our colleague Adam Davidson sat down to talk with her. It is more akin to archaeology than economics, you know, parts of the, the putting together of this database. There were moments that were really exciting. Those were the, the, the discovery moments. Um, so, for example, um, when um, we found out that we could actually get data on real estate prices. Because we, you know, you know from people's anecdotes that boy, real estate prices were booming before the before the crisis. And of course, we can document it for the United States. But trying to document that outside for other crises was a real challenge. And when we started actually finding the data on real estate prices, that was a big. You mean from like the 1820s in Germany? No, well, I mean, for the eight, from the 1800s, it's only a, a very small set of countries, some of the Scandinavian countries, the U.K., the U.S., Holland, uh, you know, but, but, but 
even even post war uh, data is 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 on real estate prices is hard to come by when you're looking at that as many countries as we are, and uh, that was a big fun moment, a big exciting moment when you discover that you can actually make some headway in that direction. But there were incredible moments of, of just sheer frustration, and this is never going to end. You know? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, uh, one gets antsy uh, when the task is, is, seems, you know, seems so, so far away. Okay, and now I want to move into the lesson. All right, so so first off, you, the title of your book is "This Time Is Different." Um, a, a bit of irony there, right? Indeed, a lot. Yeah. So so let's talk about um, uh, this financial crisis we've been through here in the U.S. Is it different, or is it just a totally standard financial crisis of the last eight hundred years? It's it's pretty textbook. It's pretty standard. If you look at the antecedents of the crisis. The, the private sector became heavily indebted. Saving rates in the United States plummeted to all-time lows. Household indebtedness uh, rose to all-time highs. Current account deficits, huge. We were borrowing from the rest of the world. Uh, real estate prices were booming. Equity prices were booming. Those features are present ahead of the major financial blowouts. So the idea of, um, okay, so, 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 so one key feature that this crisis shares with many most of the past crises is just borrowing a lot. Cons- borrowing a lot. Basically living high on the hog, borrowing from the future without a realistic ability to pay for that debt. And why would that be? Because this time is different. This time we don't have to worry about uh, you know the the, the mortgage uh, payment problem because housing prices are going to go up forever, uh, and the collateral that we have is going to go up forever. That's that was the expectation that. And that's a standard thing you see throughout these crises. Some reason why this time we don't have to worry about exactly the rules of valuation. You know, you talk about price earnings ratios. No, they don't apply here. Um, the, the the rules of valuation simply apply to other people in other places. They don't apply to us in the here and now. So there will always be a story. Uh, And in our case, if you recall, uh, much of the discussion during the boom phase was that we had tamed the business cycle. This was called the great moderation. Yeah, and you had Alan Greenspan and many top economists, um, maybe even Ken Rogoff himself, saying... uh, we no longer had to worry about inflation like we used to. We had 25 years of of steady growth without any real fear of inflation, and maybe this was a new era. Indeed. Indeed. And Did you Green- say that, by the way? Were you one of the many economists who believed we were in a period of great moderation, that we Never. had to— no, no, remember, you have, to be- you, 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 you have to see my work on emerging markets. Emerging markets make you very jaded very quickly. Okay, I have seen to I've been working on financial crises for 15 years, if not longer. Uh, and I have seen too many of these booms and busts. Uh, I, one, let me tell you about one important experience that helped me interpret what was going on in the U.S. I traveled to Asia in 1995, right after the Mexican peso crisis. And 
Asia at the time was borrowing like crazy from the rest of the world. They had booms in real estate, booms in, in, in stock markets, big debt buildup. But, no, those crises happen in Latin America. They happen in Mexico. They don't happen in Asia. This is... Uh, we're different. <laughs> we're different. Yeah. We're different. Uh, we have high savings rates. Those, those, we have Asian values. That was the, the line at the time. So I was very jaded going into this uh, because of the emerging market experience. What can we expect now? Um, what, what are the long-term... Are, are we going to be poorer? Are we going to be wiser? Are we going to be stupider? What, what happens now based on what you saw in history? Um, are we going to be wiser? I don't think so. Um, unfortunately, we humans tend to have short memories. I think for a while, while the memories are still with us, there will be more of a prudent stance towards taking on debt uh, because the burn is within memory. Um, so that, that, I think, is something that going forward – uh, for for a while, I think households, and, and in particular, uh, will be more more circumspect. Gotcha. Uh, uh, but but that's what five years, ten years, maybe twenty years. Yeah, and after that, all bets are off. It's just back to this time is different. Uh, yes, I mean, I wish I I wish I had a more uplifting uh, conclusion, but you know, um, there is. The, the tendency again to think, well, you know, we, we're we're the cavemen, you know, that's what we will be perceived as, you know, twenty five, thirty years from now. Uh, in the book, in, in in this time is different. In the book, we have a wonderful ad that reads as follows. It, it says, you know, we don't have to repeat the the mistakes of of the. Uh, South Sea bubbles. We are sophisticated. We have uh, analytical tools to tell us about balance sheets of companies. We are standard statistics. This was an advertisement, which appeared uh, in September 1929, <laughs> um, you know, a couple of weeks uh, before the crash. Um, Peter Lindert, uh, the, the uh, historian, economic historian um, from University of California, uh, sent this beautiful illustration of this time is different uh, to me um, when when the book was being written. Uh, and it, I think it, it goes to the heart of your question. So by 2030, people will be saying, oh, that thing back in 2008, who cares? No, no, that, here's, they were doing this wrong, but we've figured it out. We're... Yes, and, and, and even the, and the next one doesn't even have to be here. You know, I mean, remember what I said earlier that, oh, yeah, those things, those things happen in Latin America. They don't happen in Asia. Well, somebody else can, you know, in China or somewhere else can say, oh, those things happen in the United States. They don't happen here. You know, uh, it, so the next the next one doesn't have to be here, uh, but but uh, but it's coming. <laughs> but it's coming. It's coming. All right, Hannah, you've been warned. <laughs> You'd sort of hope that if you look back beyond the time that we do have data for, that the lesson might be different than we just repeat our mistakes over and over and over again. 
Right. Well, I guess you have to keep on trying not to repeat them, as, as inevitable as it might seem. Um, I think that wraps it up for us here today on Planet Money. Be sure to visit the blog, npr.org slash money, to read a letter from a Japanese neurologist who answered several of the questions we posed on Friday's podcast. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Thanks for listening. Well, you can say, say, say.